Blog Talk Radio. You got to accentuate the positive feeling. the negative, latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. You gotta spread joy up to the maximum. Bring gloom down to the minimum. Have faith. A pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. And thank you for listening to Blog Talk Radio. This is the show where we affirm you, our listening audience, with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and Wealth Consciousness, Challenges, and Solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, along with Hasina Roach, Relational Consultant, and Wanda Miles, Radio Host. Hello, ladies. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. All right. And 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 Wanda, no, you you did not you did not miss the memo. <laughs> you did not miss the memo. We we have been very um, we've been very busy um, preparing for um, the launch of Satari Life School uh, of um, Satari Life Skills business classes, and um, yeah, it's just been really really hectic. Um, these last few days, and actually these last couple of weeks, it's been really hectic um, getting things together. And so, um, so we're here. And oh, um, yeah, how 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 has your week been? Well, pretty good, low key, busy. You know, it goes. Awesome. And how about you, Hasina? Well, we've been working together, so. I know, but yeah. let the audience know how, how you've been doing. Very busy. I think, what, sometime one, two in the morning, and then this morning until yeah. practically kind of now. So, yeah. Yes. Busy. Yes, yes, yes. Well, um, today um, our show topic is going to be about um, revolution. Intellectual movement, adult learning, adult lifelong learning, and felt like this would be a really uh, great topic because um, felt like this would be a really great topic because as the as I look at demographics and I see that. Mm, in, in this time and age, in this time right now, really unique. There are more adults um, in our population in the U.S. and in other westernized and in other Western countries. There are more adults now than ever before. Um, when you look at the ratio of children versus adults, uh, adults kind of rule. And, you know, because adults 
are make up the most or the highest populace, um, there is a revolution taking place in in adult learning. In adult learning, and ladies, I I did send you something, so um, I hope you got it. So yep. I thought that today we would talk about learning, um, adult learning. What is it? We would or learning in general, natural learning. What is it? Talk about you know talk a little about who are adult learners, and you know then kind of talk a little bit about adult learners and um, what what type of things, what type of materials, activities, adult learners interested in. So. You know, natural learning happens out of a need for us as humans to interact with each other in our own environment. And learning is as natural as breathing. It's a, it's a normal natural function. And we don't always look at learning. We don't always think about learning as something that we do on a regular basis, typically um, and you and tell me if if this is your experience. Typically, the only time that I, I tend to think of that I'm learning is if I'm in a structured environment. Um, you know, if I'm in school, if I'm in a workshop, um, if I'm in a a work environment where they're they're teaching me new skills. But uh, typically, in our everyday interactions. Uh, to think, to to just cognitively think that I'm learning kind of goes by the wayside. What are, what are your what are you ladies' experiences with that? My experience <clears throat> experience is uh is learning is just kind of a that ongoing. I, I'm definitely a lifelong learner because I think for me the classroom was always I'd rather be someplace else when I was in a classroom, and thus I always found that I learned best when I was just engaged or interested, not so much being held to the fire, as it were, with a, a normal education and that, that typical route. So for me, being out in the wild is my best learning, is where I learn best, I think. Natural experiences. Yeah, yeah awesome. I, I believe the same. I believe that until I die, I will be learning. It's so important to continue learning, and if you stop learning, you must be dead. Every day you learn mm-hmm. something new. Hey, it's a new phenomenon, or not even phenomenon, but it's new. It's January, and all over the country, it's freezing. <laughs> we might be the warmest right now, but the point Freezing is, for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got my heat on today, but yeah. every day is a learning experience. Every single day, and we have to take that in and enjoy every moment of it. Agreed. Absolutely, I agree. She is an author, and uh, she's known in the um, adult learning and development field. And her name is Dorothy uh, McCackron. I'm probably saying her name wrong, so for those who know her, please forgive me. But according to author Dorothy uh, McAcker, 
and she has a book called Making Sense of Adult Learning. She says that learning is like breathing. Learning can be hindered by inadequate activities and impaired resources, or it can be enhanced by appropriate activities um, and adequate resources. Unexpected conditions may interfere with the with the act of of learning, but not with the concept of learning or not with the fact that we have this natural desire to learn. And when I read that, I found it really interesting um, as, um, you know, she talked about resources and as she talked about resources um, and how our ability to learn can be either hampered or enhanced, it, it makes me think about, you know, it makes me think about our communities. And what type of stimulation um, it takes place in different communities that encourage us to either to learn and to grow or that either discourage us from learning and growing. And, you know, so I think of, you know, I think of, for example, um, Hesina, you know, you and I have been talking, and I know that you live in um, – um, a condominium, an association, and there are different uh, opportunities that become available for those who uh, live in those um, type of establishments to become active in the association to make change and to, you know, help make a difference. Um, and so in your community, in, in in that sense, you know, there are some resources that are put that are offered to you know for to help make that a better community. Um and then I think of other communities who may not have um resources. They may not be able to you know, they may have conditions maybe in their community and uh they don't know who to turn to. Um, for help and and you know there are no systems necessarily in place to um, you know to to help those folks grow and and thrive. So that just that just came to my mind. Uh, ladies, I sent you something. Were you able to receive it? Yeah. Yes, I have it now. Awesome. Um, awesome. Thinking okay. about that, it. Being here, living in a condominium, and having the opportunity to maybe be on a management or a board for our building, it says a lot because a lot of times maybe some people live in apartments, as you were saying, and other type of residential places where you don't have a space and you can't make changes. I know when we first moved here and when I needed to, um, we needed to move to another place at the time, they wouldn't let us rent out our unit. So we had to make changes to change that, and finally it changed. So right now things are changing again where we're having a lot more renters, and sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes when you have renters, the care might not always be there. So I'm starting to see things a little bit differently in the building itself. We have four buildings, and everyone is actually 
has its own board or association, which is very interesting. So every building somewhat looks the same, but is a little bit different, and the the norms, the customs in that building might be a little bit different of how they do what they do. But it all works together in the all. But what I was thinking about when I thought of hampering learning and enhancing learning is YouTube. I love YouTube. Yeah, it is awesome. Yeah, and I think about, you know, maybe I wanted to do some do-it-yourself uh, creative <laughs> program of making my bed, actually. I, I was have a puffed bed. I was just on today trying to learn how to make a dog bed, and I've got a great plan. See? So it's, it's awesome. awesome. But then, in the same breath, before there was YouTube, what did we do? We had to kind of figure it out on our own. So it's a good thing. Yeah, or just buy it. Not, yeah, it's a pacifier. <laughs> but I do love YouTube. It's a great tool. It is really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia. So when I, when I, yeah. And, you know, before, you know, you said, what did we do before YouTube, before the Internet? And we're going to talk about technology in a bit. But before YouTube became the explosion that it is and the everyday convenience that it has become before the Internet, you know, we went to the library. If oh, we yeah. To learn something, <laughs> if we wanted to learn something, we, yeah, I'd go to the library and, and get a book. You know, or go to, you know, try to find a, uh, you know, a, some type of class that, you know, was teaching that and, you know, take advantage of it. But uh, things, things, things are changing, you know. Uh, things are definitely changing. And the act of learning is, motivi- is motivated by the need to make sense of experiences. Um, you know, as humans, we, we have, even though we may experience chaos and confusion, we don't really like it. And we always try to find a way to make sense out of our experiences. We find ways to try to manage um, as we as we get new information in. You know, we, we try to find ways to reduce. Um, the unknown and, and to make life manageable and and to ensure our, our safety and our security. We're always trying to figure out, you know, what can I do to be safe and secure, although sometimes we don't make the choices that put us in those situations. Um, you know, that that's what we're going for. And um, we, we're always looking to make meaning out of experiences, if something happens, you know, we always want to know, why did this happen? Why did this happen to me? So as humans, we, we, we have to learn how to organize our feelings, um, and, and we have to learn how to separate experiences that we have internally, like experience that happen within our within us, how we smell, how we see things, how we taste, what we hear, uh, what we touch. You know, those are our senses. And how how is our senses picking up information and what are we doing with it? And we have to separate that from what happens outside of us and from what happens around us. 
learning helps us to make say, sense. Uh, go ahead, Christina. Um, no, I was just going to agree and say that's very true. Just, you know, examples. I was in the store and I was thinking of getting a pie, a fresh pie, instead of making it. And the guy next to me was like, oh, why don't you get that sweet potato pie? And I said, nope, I'm sorry, my mom's is the best. And that goes back with the, the smell, the taste, or even the the touch or the texture of it. So it's different to how you connect with something, maybe even a song. I'm giving examples for our audience so they know exactly where we're coming from with this. Uh, you hear a song that you remember from maybe the 90s that was big and you remember where you were in your life. You know, I'm thinking of Will Smith. I don't know why. Summertime. <laughs> maybe because it's cold here. I don't know. But summer, <laughs> summer, summertime. Yeah, that was a great song, you know, and it mm-hmm. brings me back to where I was when that song came out. So those are those human experiences, and now we have to recognize our feelings and see if it's uh, – a positive charge or a negative charge and see how we can maybe rethink it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the, that is one of the differences that separate us from children. Not to say that children don't have experiences because of course they have experiences. But as adults, you know, we have a wider variety of experiences so that as new information comes in to us, we're always trying to figure out how it relates to what we already know, opposed to youth who are always taking in new information. Um, so as as humans, we we do. We have to learn how to organize the information that we receive, and and we have to learn how to make sense of the of of you know, chaos and confusion and new experiences that, that happen. And a, a part of that is, is being able to reflect and, and, and being able to use our, our deep thinking. It, it helps us to, when we're able to, to reflect on situations, um, it, it helps us to predict how to respond and how to interact to, to both internal things that are going on as well as external experiences that are happening in our environment. Reflection also helps us to learn our personal space in life and our personal views of the world. Reflection is huge um, because it's the difference between am I, re- am I reacting to a situation, am I reacting? Am I am I going on pure adrenaline um, to uh, to to have a reaction to a situation, or am I taking time out? It could be it could be seconds, it could be minutes, it could be hours. Am I am I taking time out to think this through as I as I make decisions? So as, as learners. How willing are we to to adopt unchallenged meaning? As a learner, how willing am I to challenge uh, what someone else is saying to me? Um, and and or what what what's going on around me? How willing am I to in, to 
to use my own experiences um, to to interpret, or do I just, you know, as things happen, do I just become a part of it? As things happen, or when people tell me to do something, or when people give me information, do I just accept it as the gospel? You know, that's considered to... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think of a quote um, that comes to my head, and it says, life is only a reflection of what we allow ourselves to see. So we have to think of what's our motivation behind what we see, what's our interpretation, what mood are we in, do we need to change our mood to see this reflection or this time to reflect on something in a different way? Or if you're going through it at the moment, how do you change focus? Uh, my cousin put something on Facebook today, my little cousin. Her father passed away some years ago, and she said she used to have a recurring dream about a guy being shot, and that was pretty much what happened in the Boston area of Massachusetts. And she said she used to feel bad because she never shared her dream with anybody, and she feels that's the reason why her father passed away. And I had to tell her, no, you need to change focus. Use that as a lesson. Yes, it's a it's a bad situation that happened, but if you have dreams like that, talk about it. See how it can help you with your life and your path that you're taking. Now that you know you have this, this sixth sense or this intuition that comes through dreams, so I'm hoping that she took something out of it and she was able to find strength in knowing that she had this reoccurring dream she didn't share at the time, and then it was the person that was getting shot was maybe her father. But it's just something that you have to look at differently. You have to reflect on things different, and it's how we allow ourselves to see something. Absolutely. Well, I also think of, like, reflection is just, that whole concept of, of what I'm putting out into the world is, is being reflected back to me. And so how I see the world is is kind of always up to me. So, you know, if if you're seeing a lot of things that you don't like, then the reflection, you're looking in that mirror and you can reflect on your reflection and, you know, try and change change things that way and I think that's always a you know just another tool to in the process of transitioning into a new and better way of living. Oh yeah, Wanda, that's awesome. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um looking at the definition of learning, um you know, important to know Am I am I a dependent learner? Am I always taking information in that people give me and is it, and accepting it as gospel? Um, how much we develop our 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 how much we create meaning for ourselves without necessarily having to depend on other people? Um, you know, how, how much are we willing to kind of go out and and experience and and gather information on our own? is a measure of how how independent our thinking is. And how much are we willing to come together and share and interact our meanings? You know, conversate, share our meanings is is about being interdependent. 
is the highest form of, of learning. It is being interdependent, being able to listen to the views of others and agree to disagree, um, being able to have my own views, being able to, to take what someone else gives me and, and, and do my own research and come up to come or, up with my mm-hmm. own conclusions. Right. If it works for you, yay. If it doesn't, you know, another thought. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, that can be a scary thing. Yeah. You know, it can be a scary thing, um, you know, going with being comfortable with who we are and, and going into our own, you know, being comfortable in our own skin and with our own thought processes. Um, going against the something. grain. Going against the grain, but I think that's a different yeah. topic. Is that, yeah. but ab- okay. Absolutely. That's one good thing. What would I say about what you were saying? I think it is important to have a dialogue with different people and having different understandings. Again, as Wanda said, you can agree to disagree, but once you stay in your little box, and I hate to say little, but it's a box, you stay in that box, you're missing out on so much and seeing different cultures, different differences, different dialogues, all kinds of things, so different languages, different foods. Uh, life is a smorgasbord of beautiful things, and we just got to go out there and grab it. And what is the best thing is that we have free will. We could do it the way we want to do it. So if we want to learn about this or try this or do this, we could do that. If you want to skydive tomorrow, there's a class that you could take to skydive. If you want to learn this, you want to learn how to knit, you can go find that. If you want to learn another language, learn how to make a different food, all those uh, tools are out there versus, as you were talking about in the past, maybe it wasn't as available. But this are these are things that are now in the forefront where whatever we need, we're in the information age, we can get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And not just find that information, but you can find your people. <laughs> and that's always just that knowing that there are other people out there. I think for me and the discovery of the Internet was just knowing that there were other people out there that even remotely had the same thought that I did, that just just having a community. And I'm not saying you have to delve into that community, but just, just knowing that there's that support system out there or that, you're, I mean, you might be crazy, but you're not completely crazy, you know, on whatever your road you're taking or whatever like that. So I, I appreciate that, looking for information that, that way. You're not I like crazy, my peeps. Linda. You're awesome. <laughs> I need my peeps. <laughs> How we create meaning helps us to explain what has happened in our past and it helps us to predict what might happen in our future. We we use our interpretations of the information that we take in, and we interpret and we predict how we interpret and how we predict our experiences have everything to do with how we develop our behaviors, that that will give us some control over what's happening here and now. So our how we interpret our experiences, 
um, is just a really interesting process. We develop our own theories about how the world works based on our experiences and our perceived patterns, and no two people think exactly the same. (laughs) So the, the meanings that we assign to reality and to our personal theories about life uh, could be totally different, and they are totally different than how, Hasina, how you perceive life and the experiences that happen to you. And, you know, what happens is, you know, what what can happen and what gets people tripped up is that when I think that, when I believe that everybody should think like I do, you know, yes, this is my, I live in my world, but, you know, sometimes I expect other people to live in my world too. And that's just not how the world works. So when when other people um, question our beliefs, um, it can make us feel stressed out, disoriented, Confused, you know, because they're questioning our world, the world that we know, the world that's right to us. <laughs> and sometimes, when in your world, you know what you know, but you can't express it in words, and that's extremely frustrating to try and explain to people how something works in your world when you can't find the words for it, because some things are just surpass words, and I find that that that. That gets me at times. And you would think as a great communicator I'd have a word for everything, but I just don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I got out of that is, you know, I have to say it again because I think what you said was so deep, that first part about how we create meeting helps us explain what has happened in our past and how to predict what might happen in the future. That's, like, so profound. It's just a little sentence but it has so much meaning. It makes me think of how trout swim upstream, and life is like a cycle. It goes over or a pattern. It goes over and over and over until you break that pattern. So whatever may be happening in your past, you might be experiencing it in your future. Again, and we have to try not to maybe, maybe it's let's say it's a negative thing. Most of the time that's what we think about when we lean on these thoughts. Uh, maybe some meaning happened that wasn't that great, and we don't want it to happen again. So instead of really addressing it, we don't, and it happens again. Like maybe as a child something happened to you, and then when you get older as an adult, maybe your interactions at work are interesting or has the same theme of whatever happened when you were a child. Maybe it rolls into your relationship with your spouse, significant other, it rolls into your relationship with your child. It rolls into your parent. It's so, it's like if we try to swim upstream the same way, the same way, and that pattern and cycle continues to happen, they do it every year. The fish swim upstream every year. You might have to take a different path, a different role. So it'll be different for you. And then, as Wanda said so many times, it's how we interpret it. What do we do once we have the information and we're able to reflect? What do you do with it then? How do you do it so it's not repeating itself? Because life repeats itself over and over. If we look in the history books, everything has happened already. All this has happened already. We might, 
forget because we're young, you know, and we're not like 200 years old, but these things have happened just on different levels, but the same theme. Mm-hmm. And because we're always trying to make sense out of new information, you know, what, what happens often is that a new, you know, new information will come to us and we'll have what's called a paradigm shift and we'll begin to see things in a different way. That piece of new information coming to us, you know, we, we you know, of course we're using that old information that we have, but this new information coming in, it, it, it shifts our thinking. And we have what's called aha moments. Ah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it like that. I didn't understand it like that before. Oh, now I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> you know, if I if I knew yeah. then what I knew, what I know now. But that's because we, you know, we're all we're lifelong learners. We're always gaining new information. But how aware how aware are we that you know that this is what's happening in 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 everything that we do everything every task that we take on um you know every interaction that we're confronted with is a is a is a learning opportunity a learning opportunity and as adult learners, I, you know, for many people, I think the older we get, the more we're able to look at our patterns, our, our past patterns. And as new information comes to us, you know, we're able to see where changes need to be made or what's working and what we need to, you know, we're able to see things differently. We we have those shifts, those aha moments that allow us to learn and to grow. So, you know, I think it was really important for us to talk about, you know, what is learning? Um, because when you understand what learning is, how learning works, what, you know, what the process of learning looks like, then as an adult learner, you know, I can begin to, I can begin to to see where I fit in, where I'm at, in 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 my experiences. Um, now, something that I find really interesting is that our demographics are changing, changing, changing. And you know, Hasina, you and I went to a meeting uh, yesterday, and one of the speakers made a comment that. Every 15 years, there's a new set of immigrants who come into the United States and, you know, kind of spoke about how an America, America was built on the backs of immigrants. And I thought that was so interesting because as I, as I look at how the demographics are changing, the baby, well, you know, and, and we always have different, so many different demographics. We have socioeconomic we have ethical, you know, ethics. We have cultural differences, um, you know, age, uh, sex, you know, just so many different 
<clears throat> uh, areas to look at as we talk about changing demographics. But today, there are more adults in the in America than there are children, and that is the pattern of most established Western societies. There there are more older folks. And and that's becoming the trend. They're they're more older baby boomers are are becoming senior citizens now. That was the biggest age population in, in our in our you know as we looked at um, as we looked at our, our our demographics. And so. Anyone from really the age of 25 on up um, is considered an adult learner. So when you, when you look at the population getting older, it kind of makes sense that um, it kind of makes sense that the economy that the economy um, develops programs and develops initiatives around the group that rules. <laughs> and baby boomers have always ruled. And now that they're getting older, and, and then let me say that the, the baby boomers are a very educated group of people on whole, as a whole. They were one of the first uh, demographic uh, groups that uh, or cohorts uh, that made that had more education than their parents, mm-hmm. and so because the baby boomers are an educated group, um, they want to learn. They they want to learn. They want to grow. They and 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 lifelong learning happens with all of us all the time, but now I'm talking about a specific cohort you know, the specific group of folks. Um, as our demographics change, we have a, a very large influx of Latin Americans in the United States. And by 1020, I believe, Hispanics will be the number one ethnic group or or nationality in the United States. So when we look at when we look at when we look at ethnicity and 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 culture and things of those nature things of that nature um learning plays a part. You know because learning may look a lot different in, in some aspects for um the established baby boomers that are here, then it's going to look for the, you know, for influx of of um, folks coming in from um, from a different uh, country who are becoming, um, you know, who are who are working on citizenship. Is that making sense, or no? Well, I thought that. The Latin or Hispanic uh, population was already the biggest one in the United States. So that's funny well, that you're pro- saying. But, you know, well, they well they probably <laughs> are by twenty 
by 2010. Yeah, by 2010, it, it probably took place. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know the Asian uh, population is a is a is a is a, a big influx. Yeah, and and they influence you know that, and and the Caribbean. Yeah, and the uh, Caribbean people. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, there's Jamaicans in Milwaukee. <laughs> 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 really? I didn't yeah. know that. But I'm sure they're loving this winter. Yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> And I don't mean uh-huh. like they Jamaicans are everywhere, but I mean in general, there's people from all over the Caribbean that's everywhere, and the Caribbean is really small. You know what I mean? When it comes to a group of islands, if you smush them all together, it's still a small area of land. But here's, I'm just having a thought. Um, I, I just think that by 20, if it's 2010, the Latino will be the Hispanic will be the I'm I'm just wondering if people are just identifying as one. I just think the the multiracial or biracial, uh, even multiracial human beings and people are just checking boxes because that's just because they have a box to check or but I have to believe that the I I think we're blending more than we're admitting to or yeah, so I would I would like to I'm curious about is everyone Latino or is everyone mixed or they're Latino black or they're mixed Latino Irish? Now there's a fiery one right there for you. But uh, I'm sure. I, yeah. I mean, I understand that Latinos are here, but I think, I think they're blending. And I, you know, and, and, and I agree with that. <laughs> I agree and I, with I that. see them but mixing it. But um, when I look at the population of the United States by race and, and Hispanic Latino origin, um, him looking, yeah. Now, when I look at um, the population, the, the census, okay. the U.S. census, um, it says that. Um, you know, it says, you know, whiter Caucasian population with most, and then African-American second, um, Hispanic third, um, and then Asian. But those demographics are changing. Yeah. Those demographics are changing. Yeah. I think they change, and, yeah, rapidly. And how they change. Even the boxes. To do with, even the boxes. Yeah, and you said African-American, but how does it blend into African-American? Like, I, I was born here, so I guess I'm African-American, but being that I have a father that wasn't born in this country, I remember when growing up I would say, Dad, what am I supposed to put? And, you know, think about those people that do come from the Caribbean, or I remember I met somebody... <laughs> She is from Africa. I don't remember what country, but she was also more of a Caucasian complexion. Right. And she's like, I'm African-American because exactly. I am not American, but I'm really from Africa. I know. And I find that very funny, you know. And that box of saying African-American, which it's there and it's not there. Sometimes it matters what you check. But sometimes it's just black. And then still, even with that, do you put that you're from Africa? Are you 
you say you're from the Caribbean, that's a whole conversation in itself because I know a lot of Caribbean, some Caribbean, not everybody, but they don't identify with even Africa. They say, right. I am, you know, from St. Lucia, and that's where I'm from. I'm not from yeah. Africa. Right. So it's that that whole, that's a great topic for the future. That's a globaliz- but globalization and technology has, mm-hmm. has changed the way that we communicate. And it has changed, you know, it has changed the way we learn as well. Um, you know, the Internet, the Internet explosion. You know, there was a time that, you know, hardly anybody used the Internet. And, Tassina, you and I were having that conversation, how the doctors now, especially the older doctors, you know, they're having to be on that computer as they ask medical questions. And they're just they're just typing away. That's a change. And they're sometimes very frustrated because maybe the computer is slow, the programming it's slower, or the computer froze, or they're trying to boot it up. You know, you know. So, so that is my life you know, So, <laughs> when you talk about lifelong learning, when you talk about lifelong learning, and and um, <clears throat> when you talk about lifelong learning, it 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 affects a lot of areas of our life. And when you talk about it as being an intellectual uh, revolution. You know, it it affects a lot of areas uh, with adults. Um, so the internet, Skype, conference calling. You know, in 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 at um in at our in our business institute, you know, we're we're going to be, and and we're not the first ones to do this, but I'm just saying. You know, we're going to be having certain classes where our instructors are going to be in other parts of the country and maybe eventually other parts of the world teaching a class on a, on a, on a screen via Skype. You know, I mean, that, that, that technology is, you know, technology and, and globalization, the world is getting smaller I know. And that has and that has a lot to do with lifelong learning. How we learn. How even how we're forced to learn. Because now sometimes we're for, forced to learn new technologies that you know, I could do I could do without it. If I had my way, but because I'm having to interact and and deal in, in, in a society that you know that that uses this form of communication. I've got to learn how to conform. That is the truth. I remember I was trying to share something with you this morning. Just a morning motivation of the end is coming, and I don't mean the end end times. I mean the end of the project we're working on is coming. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although it feels yeah, like I the end of time. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? People said this back maybe in the 60s, that it was the end of time. But even with that, when I went to go share, I couldn't even find message. I was just looking for message. But they came up with all these different apps that you could share it on. Yes, Facebook was on there. Twitter was on there. But it was all these apps that I never even heard of, like Yiddo and uh, a new one that I just heard about or I used one time was Glide. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not old, but I'm just not there anymore. I'm still not on Instagram. I know it's 
It's funny. It's okay. But adults, yeah. <laughs> you're on Instagram, aren't you, Wanda? Mm-hmm. You it's are. all right. <laughs> but as an adult, you know, and knowing that the range starts at 25 and up, there are a lot of changes. And with adult learning, you know, we think of going to school, but it's bigger than just going to school. It's adult learning of learning a hobby, um, things to do in retirement, things to do just because. Um, I remember some years back I have a colleague, and she found a website. It's called uh, Corsica, I think it's called. And you can go in there and you can take classes all over the world, and they're free. You know what I mean? Yeah. Talk about lifelong learning. And you don't yeah. have to be in a class. You could just yeah, there go There are a lot of programs online. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you can go get a sort of certificate from Duke or something. And you really yeah. can. Yeah. So it's awesome. Yeah. What else do you think about it, ladies? Well, you know, health literacy. Um, the way that we, you know, the ability to be able to uh, talk to our health care providers yeah. and to be able to give them, you know, to be able to have a conversation with them, uh, um, you know, opposed to being intimidated, <laughs> you know, by they're the boss, they have all the rules, you know, that 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 uh, that is an area in learning where there is a lot of dependency. You know, the doctor comes in, he, he or she spews out some information in this doctor language that nobody understands, and then they ask us, do you understand? And we say yes, and we really don't because we're intimidated. You know, that's dependency. You know, we have to learn how to become interdependent and have, you know, begin to um, and and there are you know the internet allows us to to go online and to learn so much about everything you know when it comes to health literacy you know about our health our you know our conditions um, to be able to ask you know to write out the questions that we need to ask our doctor so that when we get in that doctor's office you know we can we can take that paper out and say you know here's some of my concerns or here are some things that I want to talk about. Very you know, feeling that feeling that feeling that empowerment. You know, to engage in learning, an adult must have some type of must feel some type of power. You know, available to feel an equality and. You know, lifelong, you know, being a lifelong learner, you know, I feel like we're always looking for ways to empower ourselves, to better ourselves. Um, Continuing education. Now, you were saying Corsica, your friend has a a website, Corsica, but there are, I want to say MOOC, MOOC, M-O-O-C classes that uh, people can take for free as well. There's a lot. As long as you have a a need or something you just want to know, you can tap in. Satari Life Skills is one. Corsica is one. There's so many out there. You just have to tap in. And 
as I think Wanda said, whatever you want is out there at the tip of your fingers. Just touch, reach out, grab it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when when working with adults, it's a lot different than working with youth, you know, working with children. You know, because adults, they want to know what's in it for me. You know, why why do I need this? How is this going to correlate, this learning that I'm getting? How is it going to help me to to better to be better in what it, what it, what it, whatever else I'm doing? How is this going to help me? And so, you know, when working with adult learners, um, you know, it's so important to to be able to meet that adult learner where they are. You know, to make sure that the environment is um inviting <laughs> you know the seats are comfortable the the lighting is 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 right um you know the 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 um interaction is is stimulating you know that there are opportunities um you know there are opportunities for some real um exper- well, I used to call it experiential learning but some real learning where um Individuals have an opportunity to um, to talk and 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 interact and use you know use their own you know use experience that they have as they integrate new experiences. You know that is what you know that is a a big part of what lifelong learning is about. Part of what lifelong learning is about, um, you know, a lot of times people can join groups um, to 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 stay stimulated and uh, talk about hobbies, gardening. You know, when people retire, that is a wonderful time to be able to explore hobbies and interests that that you may not have had time to explore when you had to work every day, get up and go to work every day. And in retirement, a lot of people associate themselves with what they do. I'm Katrina, the, the social worker. And so if I'm no longer doing uh, social work, I don't know how to define myself. And a lot of people get sick in their retirement years, <clears throat> and a lot of people die shortly after retirement because they don't feel like they have a purpose. They haven't defined who they are in terms of their likes and dislikes, um, in terms of um, their you know their strengths and and and, and areas that they want to explore. That is a part of lifelong learning, and it is it's 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 a part of lifelong learning that often we don't talk about and and nobody talks to us about, so we don't properly prepare ourselves and as a child coming up, we're not told that we're lifelong learners, and that every situation you know is a is a, is a learning opportunity. Learning doesn't have to take place in a formal classroom setting. 
And I think that's important for us to know. Very, very true. I think about where I go to from time to time when I have the time and do different activities. And I'm looking at the list of things that they actually offer. They offer aquatic exercises, uh, meditation, yoga, jazzercise, volleyball, uh, mahjong, uh, zuma, pickleball, uh, the battle of the sexes, trivia. They have so many different things that you can do. What I like to go for is the creative writing group. I really enjoy that and hearing people that are older than me, very seasoned, but that have different uh, experiences. So there, everything is out there. You just have to grab it again. Right. And and don't get caught up in the myths that uh, you're too old to learn. You know that. No. Um, you know that. I, I, you know, I can't pick up on this because you're never too late to, you know, you never get too old to learn. So, ladies, I think this was a very, you know, I mean, I think we explored a lot and um, I think it was a good conversation and I hope that our listeners got something out of it. Uh, we're going to bring this edition of uh, Positively Affirmative to a close. And Wanda created a really great uh, intro and in, in, in closing that we're going to start using. And wasn't able to use the um, the intro, uh, but I am going to use the closing. So, ladies, um, have a great have a great day, rest of your day. Right, you too. And I'll talk to you next week. And Wanda, we're going to play your closing. All right, all right, everybody. Have a good evening. (laughs) Take care. I love it. It makes me feel warm. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness. Join your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, along with Hasina Roach, Relational Consultant and Radio Host. Wanda Miles. We teach aspiring entrepreneurs and those interested in personal and professional development how to create positive shifts in their work life and balance so they can become the director of their own life stories. Is your life story one you would love to see improve? Then join us here live every Sunday at 5 p.m. Bring a friend and share the prosperity.